This is Talk of the Town on News Talk 1290 CJBK, where interesting people talk and London listens. And we have two most interesting people with us today on Left, Right, and Center. Bob Metz, who is a regular on the program, and Alan Patton, who has uh, uh, been a guest many times. Nice to have you back again. Thank you, Jim. And Bob, nice to see you again. Guys, I want to extend what we were just talking about on the air and, and maybe into a little more philosophical realms. We'll see what happens. But we were talking about Saskatchewan, which is set to be the first province in Ontario to make RRS, RRSPs creditor-proof. Um, the, and again, my speculation is, and it's based on a little bit of knowledge of what they're doing there, is that the government sees this as an opportunity to help uh, uh, protect itself uh, as people reach retirement age, the more people with money in RRSPs, supposedly the theory goes, the less potential there is for them to get too unruly with the government about uh, pension reform, etc., etc., etc. We've had a number of calls on it in, in the past half hour with the raising a number of different questions about it, but there's a larger question here, and I want to put it to you two guys from the left and right, um, respectively, or respectfully, or respect something. Uh, RRSPs and this whole idea of self-protection for our retirement, is that something that the government should stay away from? I mean, is Saskatchewan, aside from whether it's right or wrong to do it in the protection of bankruptcy, should the government have any be messing with that at all? And Alan, I'd ask you to start. Uh, you asked me if RRSP is a, is a good idea. Well, yeah, is, it, is the government, should, should they be playing that game at all? Uh, I think it's a very good idea for the government to have policies to encourage people to save for their uh, retirement outside of the safety net provided by uh, a, a government through Old Age Security and Canada Pension Plan. So, uh, yes, they should be encouraging that because it, it, it uh, and maybe Mr. Metz and I will agree on this, it, it encourages the individual to be responsible for uh, their financial planning and, and retirement years. So RSPs are are not only uh, a proper thing for the individual, but they're also uh, good for the economy because, of course, RSPs are a source of uh, investment funds for uh, for the business community to use uh, to uh, spur the economy and generate uh, uh, wealth in the economy. Uh, I have some questions about the Saskatchewan proposal as to how it would work, uh, given that um, uh, both bankruptcy and RSPs are, are federal legislation. And uh, we'll probably get into the uh, the the appropriateness of uh, of that proposal, uh, which would uh, really harm uh, creditors who should who should be paid. Bob, what's what's your take on the overall issue? Well, in 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 principle, in theory, the idea of a retirement savings plan is really a tax avoidance vehicle, a way you can save money for your retirement and avoid taxes. Unfortunately, the government has, over the years, been chipping away at that principle, where people like my mother, for example, is forced to take money back out of her retirement savings plan, even though she doesn't need it yet, mm -hmm. and they're taxing it away from her. Mm -hmm. So what's going to happen is the money she thought would be there for her RSP isn't going to be there. It's going to be gone a lot sooner. And so in that sense, uh, nothing the government touches ever works for a long period of time. I mean, that's, just, that's just an absolute principle. Now, as far as the issue in Saskatchewan, if you're the RRSP holder, you're going to like that proposal. If you're the creditor, you're not going to like the proposal. But that's a separate issue from the rights issue, which is, is it right or wrong? It's wrong, because it is wrong for people to be able to hold on to their assets when they've made commitments to others and defaulted on them. 
because then you're just leaving the second guy holding the bag. And, and yet, I, don't, I don't see... That violates every principle of, of, of common sense. And yet we've already moved a certain distance down the road. And that, and I, I said this earlier, and, and I'm certainly not a bankruptcy lawyer or trustee, but it is my understanding, for example, if you have a, a modest amount of equity in your home, uh, you are no longer forced to sell the home and turn over that modest amount of equity. You're no longer required to sell all of your household belongings, which I understand was the case at one time. You could keep a bed and a table and a chair, I think. Well, now you can pretty much keep whatever you've got. So we've already taken some steps down that road to say that bankruptcy is not the bottom of the barrel. You're not totally destitute. You're not totally without resources. No, and that's resources. a reasonable thing to do. You don't want to end up with a person totally destitute because then he's going to become a secondary burden on society. I mean, the basics is fine, but what, what defines that? That line is going to change. Um, if it was basic necessity, well, then that would be maybe just that chair and table you were talking about. But we tend to, in today's society, not, that's, that's, that's not the bottom line anymore. But that's a, that's a side issue, I think. Uh, well, I'd like to go back to something that Bob said. Uh, RSPs are certainly not tax avoidance. Uh, avoidance of, uh, of tax, which is otherwise payable, is a, a criminal offense. So <laughs> RSPs are not tax avoidance. So we're not all criminals then? No, okay. uh, RSPs are... are well, it's illegal avoidance. Uh, well, it's tax planning. It's a legitimate yeah. tax tool, so... But to avoid taxes, uh, correct? Well, I didn't you, mean it in the legal sense of the word. Well, you're not you're not avoiding taxes. You're deferring tax. You're taxed on it as it's taken out uh, after age uh, age seventy one. So it's with the hope that it will be taxed at a lower rate. Yeah, at, and that, at a and later time. And that's you're not avoiding taxes. You're deferring taxes. Um, so RSPs as a uh, both a personal financial planning tool and uh, as a tool for government to broaden the the base from which retirement uh, funds are available is is an excellent idea for a variety of uh, a variety of reasons uh, um, and I just want to say this you know uh, I agree with Bob that uh, the protection of the creditors are are paramount but uh, people go bankrupt for a number of reasons so I think uh, you could probably be a very low percentage of people who actually practice uh, bankruptcy as a as a way of life as yeah. a way of life or a personal tool yeah. uh, and people go bankrupt for a variety of reasons some of which are beyond their control many uh, entrepreneurs who risk everything on a business venture uh, it doesn't work out and uh, bankruptcy is the uh, legitimate tool has been for hundreds of years to uh, deal with your creditors on a rational basis and, and get back on on your feet um, but uh, protecting that uh, asset from creditors is is I would have some uh, questions uh, about that um, maybe there's a middle ground a good liberal way look for the middle ground well uh, I think Jim's already alluded to the reasoning behind that and that's that the, that the government wants to protect itself from having to pay retirement benefits in the future and is trying to limit those which was another inevitable thing that was going to come down the pipe so that really should the government be doing any of this at all I'm not even convinced that RSPs are a good place to put your money in, no, terms, seen, in terms of investment. I've I mean, seen articles that suggest, and I'm again, I'm no expert, but I've read articles in financial uh, magazines and so on that suggest that they're maybe not for everybody. For some people, uh, saving money outside of the RRSP and maybe better in the long run, in you know, in reference to your tax mm -hmm. planning and so on. Oh, I think that's right. I think uh, I'm, 
without getting into my personal affairs, uh, I've always maintained that the best tax planning tool is to pay your mortgage off as quickly as possible because your house is uh, is a uh, it, it's a it's exempt from taxation mm-hmm. on the capital on both uh, disposal whether you have a capital gain or not. But uh, RSPs are are uh, an appropriate tool to use. They they should be a, a in, uh, an integral part of uh, tax planning by the government. Uh, it spreads out future costs and reduce present uh, present spending. Um, so uh, I would stand very firmly on on the principle that there should be at least that uh, a financial tool available to uh, uh, to people of um, of uh, investing in registered uh, retirement savings plans. We're going to pause for a second. This is Talk of the Town at 1290 CJBK, left, right, and center with Bob Metz and Alan Patton today. And you're welcome to join us at 643-1290, star-1290 in the Rogers AT&T. And we're sort of, we're looking at the larger issue of looking after ourselves versus the government doing it for us. Uh, Are they doing us any favors with our RSPs? And more specifically, in Saskatchewan, they're looking at legislation that would uh, protect your RSPs from creditors if you had to go bankrupt. If you want to comment on it, we'd be pleased to hear from you at 643-1290 or star-1290 on the Rogers AT&T cellular network. And we've asked for your calls and comments. We've got Rob on the line. Hi, Rob. How are you doing today? Good, thank you. Good. The, the only thing that uh, I would have a concern with is uh, what would stop people from taking the uh, proceeds from their company, dumping them into their RSP, going bankrupt, and then doing it like a vicious cycle again? Uh, I think what would what would slow that down, I don't know if it would stop it, what would slow it down is that you can only put in so much each year based on the amount of income you've earned. You can't, well, you can't. Well, understandable, but yeah. uh, even say over a five-year period, yeah. if if you're if you dump a hundred thousand dollars in there over a five-year period and then let your business go go tank up, how many years could you do that? Now, that's a good question. I don't have an answer for you. So then we we wind up paying for it in the end, don't we? Uh, well, the creditors do. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So. Yeah. I, that would be a negative point, I would think. All right, yeah, thanks. I would yeah, think ahead. there would be a mechanism in place to investigate cases like that for fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you have to look at the at a chain of events in a bankruptcy. There's some sort of bankruptcy court going on, and I'm sure that they would be looking at those issues. And if someone was doing that, then they'd have recourse to their money. Well, I, I think Rob raises a good point because you're not obligated to make an RSP contribution each year, but if you don't, it's a cumulative thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, unless we're going to get very draconian and, and if you go bankrupt, you lose all your past eligibility for uh, RSP contributions, uh, Rob raises a, a, a very good point as to why uh, we shouldn't be tinkering with this uh, legislation. Rob, thanks for your call today. Okay, thank you. Good to hear from you. And Ted's with us. Hi, Ted. Hey, Jim. It's Ted Wernham. Yes, sir. Let's put a little paint on this picture if you've got a minute. Sure. Okay, as you know, I'm the number one broker for TD Asset Management on creditor-proof seg funds here in London and southwestern Ontario. And, and that's the insurance product I was referring to earlier. Yeah. And, and first of all, Jim, just for the benefit of your listeners and your two guests, if you take Canada Pension Plan and Old Age Security combined today... At the age of 65, you're going to get from the government $15,000. That's it. Mm -hmm. That's not enough to live on. So people that are saying, well, the government's going to take care of us, well, that's their choice. But I sure wouldn't want to live on 15 grand today Mm -hmm. because I have lived on 15 grand and I don't like it. That's number one. 
Okay? Mm-hmm. Number two, as far as the issues that were just raised about somebody that would make a deposit into a creditor-proof vehicle yeah. to avoid bankruptcy, there's specific legislation against that. And that particular transfer would not stand the test of creditor-proof protection. And the industry's way, way ahead of scoundrels that would do that kind of thing. Ted, I want to ask you about the the, the creditor-proof products that are available on the market. How and why are they made creditor-proof? The reason why they're creditor-proof is only because there's a beneficiary which is part of your family. It's what you call a preferred status. And when you walk through this, it makes reasonable sense. If your spouse, the tiny perfect bride, is a beneficiary of your RSPs, Mm -hmm. and you've named her as such then your RSP here in the province of Ontario and elsewhere is creditor-proof. Too many people, particularly at the last minute of RSP season like there is today, are running in and throwing money down on the counter, and when somebody says, who do you want to be the beneficiary, they say a state. Mm-hmm. Well, not only is the fund fully taxable at death with no rollover, it's also not creditor-proof. So right. creditor-proof is something that a person that has an RSP can elect. It's not automatic. But it's not, it, it's not designed then to protect you, per se. It's designed to protect a third party. A third party. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And the reason for it, Jim, is, is that when I have clients making deposits, when they plan for their retirement, they're not saying, I want to be safe in my retirement, and I really don't care about my partner. Mm-hmm. They're saying, I want money for as long as I live and as long as my partner lives. And that's what most married people or partnerships are set up to do, money until the last death. So for an individual who, through no fault of their own, finds themselves in a situation where there's a bankruptcy, the reason for creditor-proof protection on these instruments is, is that it's designed to protect the vulnerable not designed as an avoidance against creditors, and, and that's a, a strange twist that came up somehow. What about the argument, though, Ted, that if you have set this money aside, and yep. an, an individual has set this money aside, and then you've, you've incurred obligations to other people, and then you've gone bankrupt owing those other people money, um, whether this money you know, is going to go to a vulnerable person eventually or not seems to me kind of problematic, because it's still your money, you still tucked it away, and you did not pay your creditors. Well, you have the choice, don't you? I mean, there's nothing that says when you go bankrupt that you don't have to pay your creditors. And there's many individuals who've gone bankrupt who've gone back to their creditors and said, here's the money I owe you. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, for somebody just to walk and say, listen, I'm not paying you, that's again their choice. And I think Robert would agree with me if somebody has a a situation where they can't be good for the money and then subsequently, regardless of the position they take in the law, go back to the creditor and say, look, here's a money order for 950 bucks that I've owed you you for the last three and a half years, Mm -hmm. case in point. Yeah. Then it's done. Good point. And they they fulfill their obligation. But the creditor-proof issue here is for the benefit of the vulnerable. It's not designed to stiff anybody. And I'll give you the example. In the last federal budget, there was a proposal by Manley, and I applaud this, for disabled individuals to receive more of the parents' RSP proceeds than they used to be able to do. In other words, when the parents who have this child, sure. and, and you know lots of disabled children, mm-hmm. 
who are going to require perpetual care, when the parents die, the RSPs get fully taxed. Mm -hmm. The government in the last budget, just last week, said, look, we're going to allow more of that money to go to the child without tax. And that's a good thing. It sounds that way to me. Okay, so what I'm saying about it is there's a whole bunch of stuff out there. Ted, it really points I... out the reason why people have to call an expert or at least somebody that practices in the business Ted, to Ted. understand that. Yeah. Can I, I ask can you a question you on that? Dozens and dozens and dozens of people who are making their, uh, in ch and their RSPs creditor-proof by simply naming the beneficiary, and I'd really encourage that to be done. Okay, Bob's that, got a question for you, That's exactly what I want to talk about. Basically, you're saying that this choice already exists has existed okay. for a number of years. Well, that means the other choice exists, the, the fact that you can sign an, an estate. Is there no value to that? Is that what you're saying? Because if we have legislation coming in saying that everybody has to go for option B, then we're taking away the right of the person to say estate, right? Well, there, that, the, you know, you're misdirected, unfortunately, on this proposal for legislation. That's not what the issue of the legislation is. In fact, people designate their... No, no, you're, you're missing my question. Sorry. So, so, isn't there some advantage to some people when they when they, you know, get a get an RSP saying estate rather than beneficiary? Why would they say that? You're saying they're just saying it because they don't know better, right? And that's the only reason. It there is it 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 in my professional opinion, puzzles me why anyone would name estate as beneficiary for their RSP unless. They didn't want their partner to get the money, or unless they really wanted to pay the government 50% of their proceeds. Which we don't want to do. Ted, thanks so much for your call today and the insights. This is Ted Warnham, who's uh, been involved in financial planning for many years. Well, if we can do that now, then that makes Saskatchewan's efforts look somewhat less murky than they were when we began this discussion. Well, well it's also, you know, just to speak to what Ted just said, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want a certain beneficiary to receive their money and mm -hmm. that would be but now will that option still exist no. you see that's to me what concerns me i don't know because we don't know the specifics of the saskatchewan mm -hmm. legislation if we look at this from the point of view of uh, again sort of responsibility do either of you have a problem and i raised this with ted either you have the problem with the idea that w whether or not the beneficiary maybe mm -hmm. deserves this or is someone who's at risk or whatever it is still the money that you've put in there yourself, money that might well have gone to your creditors. Either of you guys have a problem with that? Depends uh, on the circumstances. Yeah, I, I was going to say it depends on the circumstances. Not everybody has a partner uh, that they could uh, designate as a beneficiary of the RSP uh, co contributions. Also, the way uh, particularly small business functions is... Uh, is you need to borrow money to set up your business. Uh, the the obligation to repay falls upon uh, the husband and the wife. They look to, for them to be jointly and severably uh, liable. Uh, in in uh, ninety nine percent of these small business enterprises, where where the highest number of bankruptcies occur. So, I think the point that that Ted is making is good in a narrow strata. But the way uh, the financial and business community operates in terms of lenders, uh, I think we're still going to be faced with a similar problem that that they would be uh, uh, that they you'd be hiding money from uh, creditors, and I'm not sure that they're you know that that's what the intent of the legislation is is best directed toward. Bob, we got 30 seconds for your final thoughts. Um. Well, I guess just to the larger issue, I think it's extremely sad that we live in a society where people are planning their lives and finances around tax rules rather than 
where is the best place to put their money. Now, that doesn't make it unnecessary. It is necessary because mm -hmm. you have to save money. But isn't it sad we're, we're, that that's how we have to plan? And I honestly believe that a lot of that kind of planning ends up in poor investments and not a, as much of a return on it. And I think that's a whole other issue no. for another show. <laughs> but that's not a government issue. I mean, where the money is invested and the return on it is different than the policy of the government making that tool uh, available for... Uh, uh, your future needs. Uh, I mean, those are two. Well, in the given issues. environment, yes. What I, I want to know is why, when the, if the bank wants to borrow money from me and I put it in a deposit, they give me one or two percent. If I want to borrow it from them, they charge me five or six. I've never quite been able to figure that out. Uh, well, it has to do with the fact that banks do need to make profits. Yeah, big, fat, because juicy profits. Well, they take your money and they lend it to other people, so they mark it up. Well. Gentlemen, thank you both. It's <laughs> been a pleasure. Alice, good to see you again. Thank you. And Bob, it's good to see yep. you always. Uh, the Left, right, and center today brought to you by nobody in particular, but it's been a pleasure <laughs> to have Bob Metz and Alan Patton with us.